Welcome to Talking Health Tech. My name is Peter Birch. This is a podcast of conversations with key players and influencers to promote innovation and collaboration for better healthcare enabled by technology. With me today is David Korsunski. He's the founder of a US-based firm, Heads Up Health, a mobile app and web portal that integrates health information from a huge number of different sources. David's worked in technical management and strategic roles at VMware and other organizations for 15 years, where he established good relationships with all the global EHR companies, Epic, Cerner, McKesson, GE, Allscripts, and so on. He's founded Heads Up Health in 2014, and he's here to tell us all about it. David, how are you going? Doing well. Thanks, Peter. Excited for our conversation. As am I. So it's all around the kind of space of people measuring their own health information and pulling bits of data from everywhere. So it's going to be good to to delve more into it. So Heads Up Health, that's your thing. What is it and, and where did it all come from? Well, just think about it as like your own personal dashboard of your health parameters. So all of the physiological information about what's happening with your body. If you could put that all together on one screen, just like you'd have a dashboard for managing a real-time stock portfolio or having a dashboard that's helping you understand the, the parameters of an expensive piece of equipment, for example, oil pressure, engine pressure, that type of thing. That's, that's really what we wanted to provide for people who need to carefully manage their health. And that actually turned out to be a really hard problem to solve because none of this information is connected. And so that's what we set out to do was to make it easy for anybody, whether you're a young person working in a tech firm who just wants to kick more butt and work harder and perform better and look better and feel better, or whether you're at your other end of the spectrum and you're someone working with a really, really serious health condition. And if we can put some simple tools together for people and give them the data, you find that it's actually a lot easier to make changes in your health than you thought. And you can have some really profound outcomes with the right tools. So we've created what I call the ultimate health dashboard. And it just puts all your parameters in one place and just gives you some really, really simple ways to manage and understand your own body. Got it, got it. What kind of health parameters are we talking about here, David? Yeah, well, it's going to depend on the individual. But Mm -hmm. let's look at some really common ones. That would be things like blood sugar, for example. So many of the chronic illnesses, including things just like stubborn weight loss and obesity, and cardiovascular disease. A lot of the health issues that are pervasive across the world in developed nations are a result of dysregulated blood sugar, which simply means that we're eating foods that are putting our blood sugar levels into the stratosphere and our body doesn't really know what to do with all of that excess blood sugar and it just stores it as fat and that creates health consequences down the road. So a really common metric is, okay, I just had my favorite breakfast. How high did my blood sugar go? Well, you should understand how your body's responding. So tracking blood sugar would be one. Obviously, things related to weight loss are very common. Weight being the obvious example, but also body fat percentage. A lot of times you're making really healthy dietary changes and the weight on the scale might not be going down. It might even be going up, but actually your body is dropping fat and putting on muscle. So you're actually doing really good. So body fat's another one. Just using the good old fashioned sewing tape and using that to track waist circumference Mm -hmm. is another one. Sleep. Is, is huge. And there's some really sophisticated sleep trackers out there that can help you get a really good snapshot of your sleep. And for people with sleep apnea, they may actually fall asleep quite quickly and think that they're actually sleeping quite deeply, but actually their sleep is extremely disrupted and, and they're not getting rest and they're not recovered and they don't focus as well at work the next day. So those are just a handful. And the other side of it is the actual lab test results. And these are things you, you typically get when you go to the doctor, but that would include things like your inflammation levels, which have implications 
all over the health spectrum. It might include things like your testosterone levels. Are those in check? Low testosterone is a huge thing for men these days. And as it turns out, a lot of people with low testosterone, it's because they're eating a diet that is very high and, and spiking blood sugar. So when they start moving towards more metabolically friendly foods and their blood sugar is going down, their testosterone goes up. So we do both. We do your lifestyle metrics and also your doctor metrics so that you can see the whole feedback loop yourself. Got it. And so calling out the elephant with the funny accent in the room, being me, um, is that we're, I thought you know, it was me. <laughs> it could be either, whoever's not offended by it. But the like, obviously, a, lo- a lot of listeners here are Australian. Uh, we've got listeners everywhere. But is Heads Up Health, is it relevant for Australians? Is it something we can use or is it just cool stuff for us to know about? Yeah, I think the way to look at it, there's, as I mentioned, there's two parts of the dashboard. The first dashboard is the things that anyone can measure at home, the stats from your Apple Watch, the readings from your scale, the readings from your blood pressure monitor. If you're really pushing the limits of performance and you're tracking advanced biomarkers like heart rate variability, all that stuff syncs up on the dashboard and, and those numbers are universal and global and everything works great. And we have users all over the world that just use that part of the dashboard. In the United States, what we do is we can also sync down the results from your doctor electronically. So that makes it easier to see the medical records. Outside the United States, our users have to punch that data in manually. But for example, in Australia, I know that there's one national health system and you can log in and you can access a lot of that information. But for anybody who's really taken their health seriously, you, you probably find that you have to crack open these PDF files. Sure. Just to try to see like, okay, what was my cholesterol when I went to the doctor this time? And then you open a separate PDF file. Well, what was it two years ago? Hmm. And what was it four years ago? And if anybody's ever had a health issue on this show, the first thing you do is you start looking at when did this start showing up? So a lot of people have ended up building their own spreadsheets to try to just look at their blood work in a way where they can make sense of it. Mm. Because that's what you have to do when you're really taking it seriously. Maybe you don't want to be on a pharmaceutical medication, for example. Maybe you want to know, well, when did these symptoms start showing up? And so outside the United States, you would need to enter those results into our system manually. Mm. But but the rest of it, the Fitbits, the, the Garmin watch, the auras, the blood sugar, all that stuff is pretty much universal. So that stuff would be relevant in Australia. It's funny when you say open up PDFs, you'd be lucky to get a PDF copy of, oh no, these days probably, but it's from a lot of GPs, you still get your rolled up facts out of the machine and they kind of hand it to you that way. So it's pretty archaic from time to time. But yes, there are a lot of pathology organizations you can download the, the PDFs from these days, which is a baby step, but we're getting there. Well, you have to ask the question, Peter, why is that data, which is arguably the most important metrics we can possibly own for our health and longevity. Uh Sitting in freaking PDF files and faxed papers. And that actually blows my mind that in in this 2020, Mm. that's where we're looking at our medical data. Yeah. Yeah. That's largely what drove me to create this system. It's, man, this is awful. There has to be a better way to do this. Yeah, totally. And back to the US for a second, how are you getting that information from the doctors? I'm assuming you're going to integrate with EHRs, Epics and Cerners and all of that to be able to pull that, that, da- that data out of it? Yeah. So unfortunately here, we don't have one national system. Every doctor has their own software system and none of those software systems talk to each other. 
So it becomes really problematic if you've seen more than one doctor in your life, which pretty much everybody has, unless you've lived in the same house with the white picket fence till the day you die. By the way, so, that's, a, that's a very similar issue to here in Australia. We've got the My Health Record system, but it's a, it's a, let's not get into the My Health Record, but it's, yes, we're in a very similar situation to you. Every software system doesn't speak to each other as well. Yeah, but here, at least in the US, we have electronic connections to those systems, right. APIs for the nerds out there. Yep. So what that means is that you can sign up to our system and you can search our database and look for your doctor. And then the doctor's website has obviously given you a username and password you can use to log in. Kind of like you log into your online bank. And then with those credentials encrypted, we can then do a synchronization of the results from the portal and you can connect multiple doctors. So if you have seen two or three doctors here, you can connect them all to our system and then we'll download all that data and basically recompile your medical history for you on a timeline. So we can give our users in a matter of a few minutes, visibility into their history, potentially years or decades beyond what their current doctor can see. So we have users that take the reports in from our system and say, hey, this actually started showing up five years ago and nobody caught it. Well, that's because you had changed doctors three times and, and the doctor is just looking at the most recent result. So there's incredible power when you can put the whole timeline together for people. Yeah, totally, totally. Hey, so because Apple integrates with, or is integrating with EHRs and all of that in the US, does that create some concerns for you guys? And is that similar to what you're doing or is that different? How does that kind of... Yeah, they're starting to be able able to sync that information on the phone, which quite honestly, Peter, we've been telling people that they need to own this data for five years. Yeah. So for us, it's like, hallelujah. Yeah. We finally got another big company that's telling people, actually, you need to own this information on your device and you need to be able to look at it. So we see that as a good thing. For us, when you sign up, Connecting Apple is really just not much different than connecting Google Fit or Fitbit or Garmin. So we kind of view them as just another source for us. Yep. But they can start doing some similar things on the iPhone. And I honestly think it's good because they're, they have to build a one-size-fits-all program for everybody on the phone. And we can take that data into our system and actually start doing a lot more with it. We may be able to start running some different types of graphs on it, start being able to provide some different types of insights on it. So I think it's good. It's driving awareness. That's really what we want. So with you guys as well, if I'm looking at your business model, are you purely a, a B2C play, like a business to consumer play? Or is there kind of the B2B component where you're working with clinicians as well, doctors as well, or is it a bit of both? Yeah, we spent several years on a consumer product and we needed to really make sure that it was beautiful and that it integrated things and that it displayed the metrics people want and that the user experience was good. Because as you probably know, there's a lot of really crappy software out there you get from your doctor. And we, we didn't want to be another one of those. So we spent a lot of time making sure that consumers loved it first. Mm -hmm. And uh, we do have a subscription model for consumers who want to download the app and use it. What started happening inevitably was we had a lot of clinics and, and practitioners start come to us and say, hey, can I use this in my practice? Mm -hmm. And can I get a, a professional dashboard where I can invite my clients and start to get remote access to some of this data? And started happening quite a bit. So we just launched a professional edition that healthcare professionals can use. We're not selling this into hospitals. We're not selling it into, into pharmaceutical medicine or insurance-based medicine. We're selling this mostly to integrative doctors. 
doctors that are going to help you make modifications to your lifestyle. And those are the ones that do want to see your blood sugar reading. And they do want to know what time you go to bed and how much sleep you're getting. So we're going after more of the integrative part of the healthcare market. And typically these doctors, you pay them cash. They don't bill your insurance. So it's more going after the integrative part of the healthcare market rather than, I guess, what you'd call the pharmaceutical part of the market. Yeah, that was going to lead on to my next point, too, is a lot of the, I guess, more traditional doctors that you'd speak to, at least here in Australia anyway, their sentiment in relation to having access to information, even from sleep trackers, Fitbits, the internet of things stuff is generally well that that's nice that the patient's keeping busy to do that but i don't want that in my practice management system or emr because i'll I'll just base it on my brief consult i have with them and then whatever the pathology result says or some other kind of measure says it's too much noise for their emr but it's becoming a more progressive thing to be and a a more accessible thing for patients to be able to have access to this data i've seen at least elsewhere outside of australia are you seeing that in the u.s that there's more of a growing interest of patients to take more ownership of their health information and also more interest from clinicians to look at that data with patients in those consultations as well yeah that's a really good question I think I still cannot definitively say that the the traditional doctors are any more inclined to look at this than they were before because A, they're super busy. Mm. And I just don't think that it's part of the way that they treat at this point in time. Yep. I think different doctors may have different responses. Some of them will be actually very defensive and dismissive mm. of that type of data. Others may pay at a passing glance. In other cases, there may actually be some really, really helpful clues in there that, that a good doctor is going to want to take a look at, especially if you can bring in some visibility in, in ways that they don't have. So just to give you an example, I have a, someone I work in my family who was having some really, really low heart rate problems. And they thought it was happening during his sleep. And so he was able to bring in some data from a wearable that was tracking his sleep all through the night and actually provide some data that was really helpful to the doctor. So I think it's just a case-by-case basis. I will say that coming back from the Consumer Electronics Show in Las Vegas, which took place back in early this year, there's a lot more digital health technology that is starting to make its way into traditional providers. There was some really nice sleep tracking technology that was now going to become available to the provider and covered by insurance. Hmm. So there's, there's pockets of that happening. I think the other thing that's happening is a lot of the data that is being generated by these types of digital health products and services is now starting to become very powerful in terms of predictive analytics. So I think we're starting to see how large data sets are able to identify disease before there's even symptoms. So we're, we're kind of in the early stages of that, but I still think we have a long way to go. It's really interesting. And I actually know of a few integrative doctors that, that listen to this show, funnily enough, here in Australia that have relatively recent groups of clinics that have uh, opened up because, because of a demand of patients that um, in exactly that kind of scenario. And they've got health coaches working in those clinics and just a different business model that exists outside from the normal kind of Medicare funded bulk billing type clinic that exists. So it's interesting to see the the industry shift that way and how technology then follows them. So that's pretty cool. I would would just add to that, Peter, that there's also this whole market of health optimization that's happening. And I think that's where a lot of the technology is going as well, which is people who who are really looking to go beyond just day-to-day and perform optimally. And I think there's a lot of integrative practices that are doing concierge medicine, that are doing 
doing health optimization, that are looking at people's genetic reports, that are doing optimal diets. So there's a huge amount of people out there who are consulting with those integrative professionals that you just described because they don't want to just feel good. They want to be at their absolute best. So the market for health optimization is also booming at the same time where these epidemics continue to grow around diabetes and other things. But there's an equally large market of people who just want to kick more ass. Hmm. And uh, those are the ones consulting with high performance functional doctors. Yeah. In those particular like situations, though, I, I guess if it's th- those ones with the health optimization slant on things, there's always a concern that having patients with more and more access to information of the, all their health data on cool dashboards, they might see something, they'll dig into it and they'll go, oh, okay, I'm going to go Google that and see what that means and then self-diagnose themselves with something terminal and then get you know super worried about it or go then buy something online. Like I guess these are the kind of counter concerns that I receive from people who think about this type of thing playing out and can see it as almost like a dangerous scenario. How do do you address those types of concerns? Well, I think there's always going to be people who misinterpret data and there's always going to be people who are going to overreact to things. And that that could happen in any aspect of a person's life, not necessarily related to health. The, The potential is always there when it comes to health. I mean, I think we all know how dangerous it can be to Google anything related to your health. The, the first hit you're going to get back is some terminal scenario. Mm-hmm. And uh, we've probably all freaked ourselves out. Sure. I don't know if, if that's going away anytime soon. So, I mean, from my point of view, that is always going to be there. I think that's where health coaches really need to step up and provide help on interpretation. And I know a lot of health coaches who work with clients and have clients where they advise them not to measure anything because they know that certain people just, they just don't respond well to it. It creates more anxiety than it's worth. And I, I totally see that. But the other side of it is the alternative is is people don't develop this awareness into their health. And and then what? We just kind of, we, we lose the visibility. We lose the insights. I mean, for me, it's a win. Even if people may get a little bit too bent out of shape about it, they have so much more of an awareness about how their body works than the person who's not measuring. I still think it's a net win at the end of the day. And I see it doing more good than harm at this point. Yeah, totally. Just on that point of health coaches, it's a, I would say growing, but still very early kind of uh, profession here in Australia. I know it it exists on greater scale in the US and other parts of the world. Just for those who don't know, what role does a health coach have in the healthcare industry? It's a good question. It's kind of a nebulous term for me too, to be honest with you. I kind of use the umbrella term health coach just to mean someone who could be a nutritional consultation, who could be providing functional medicine, naturopathic medicine. So I just kind of use it as an umbrella term for kind of like anything other than the regular doctor that you're going to see with with your insurance, for example. Yep. So that's kind of how I use the term personally. I know there's this whole notion where you can become a certified health coach, but honestly, I don't even really know what the heck that means. I probably should, being honest. But for me, I just use it for, for the doctors I want to consult with around lifestyle, yep. basically. Diet, exercise, sleep, stress, environmental toxins, microbiome stuff, genomic related, nutrigenomic stuff, all the stuff that you, you seek outside the conventional system. I put into that that bucket. Yeah. No, I, I think that's kind of right as my understanding too. It's a term that is 
some have a particular certification, others could be any kind of helping someone interpret their health information is probably a good general kind of term for that as I understand it. So it'd be interesting to see how that industry progresses. Um, interested for yourself, David, what are the kind of things that you're measuring to optimize your own health on a day to day? Oh man. Well, let's see here. Where do I begin, Peter? <laughs> if you said nothing, then I'd be worried. But <laughs> yeah, this guy's this guy's full of it. I, I can tell you that some of the top metrics for me that I look at when I wake up every single morning, one is I look at my heart rate variability. You know, when you're really pushing your limits of physical and mental performance, that's a really good gauge of how well your body has recovered on a day-to-day basis. And I'm an entrepreneur putting in how many hours a day? I don't know. I love to just train the crap out of my body. So I look at the heart rate variability. I obviously I'm looking at how much sleep I'm getting on a nightly basis. I'm looking at uh, blood sugar for me is a really important one. Very specifically, I like to check my blood sugar when I wake up in the morning before I've had my food or my coffee. Mm. And uh, it usually tells me just where I'm at metabolically. And Sorry, stop you. How, how do you measure your blood sugar then when you wake up? Like, how, yeah, I just it? have a glucometer. Yeah. I actually have one that does glucose and uh, blood ketones. And, um, you know, when I've been traveling for a few weeks and I've put on a few pounds, then I'm really going to be also checking ketones every morning. And I'll, I'll push deep into ketosis for two or three weeks until I feel that my weight is back where I want it to be. So I, I pulse in and out of ketosis personally. It's really helpful for me just as someone who is not a naturally lean person who has obesity in the family. Mm. I really have to keep my metabolism tight. So blood sugar, ketones, uh, HRV, sleep, I'm trying to think. And uh, I'm overdue to get some labs run, but there's certain labs for me just based on my own body that I have to keep a closer eye on than other people. So there's also some blood work that I look at, but those are the main lifestyle ones I look at pretty consistently. Okay. Lastly, David, what's on the horizon for you guys at Heads Up Health? Well, we're seeing a lot of demand for that professional edition. So we're, we're building a lot more features there for uh, practitioners and coaches who want to use data in their practice and integrate cutting-edge wearables. So a lot more on the pro edition. Also, there's this, apparently there's some virus going around the planet right now. <laughs> so I've heard, yes. <laughs> yeah. So we, we, we're putting out just a really f- a free version for people who, who are at high risk and that will allow them to just really focus on a few simple metrics that can A, either give them some peace of mind or B, say, hey, you, you should probably call the doctor. So we, we've got a really lightweight version coming out. I think that can help a lot of people, especially people who are stuck at home or for people who are keeping an eye on a loved one on the other side of the country or the Mm. world. So we've got a lightweight version coming out for that. We're always looking for cool new digital health technology that we want to integrate into the platform. So new API feeds that we can bring in. We love building new data visualizations for people. Can, can we make it easier for people to look at our charts and figure out what's going on with their health? So it never ends, Peter. It's a labor of love, my friend. I know the feeling. I know the feeling, Dave. But look, I really appreciate that. Look, I'm going to put show notes and some links to the stuff that you do. And and there'll be, I'm, I'm sure, many listeners who want to either track their own health information or providers interested in, in what you do more, even health technology organizations curious about how you guys operate and um, the potential to integrate in the future. So lots of different avenues to go down. David, I really appreciate your time. Yeah. Thanks for having me. Thanks for listening to Talking Health Tech. My name is Peter Birch. Go check out the website, contribute to the forum, listen to other episodes and get in touch with feedback about the show because collaboration starts with a conversation. Speak to you next time.